Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning, family. Can we greet our streaming family today for all of you in the house? Bless you. Well, you, we're going to just let you look into a holy moment. We've just had our shoes off because we're on holy ground here. And I got tears in my eyes. So it could be a good message. It could be. I don't know about you, but I'm, I want T-Bone steak now. I want Ruth's Chris now. I just can't take any pablum today. Did you come with an appetite? I hope you did. Remember the lobster place, they'd give you the bib, and then they give you all the wipes you could possibly use. Wood Ranch still gives you all those wonderful wipes to get all the ribs off your fingers. <laughs> so we're praying for a feast today in the name of Jesus. The, the title of my assignment today is Breakdown on the Threshold. Beloved, we're in a series called On the Threshold. Why? Because we have Caleb and Joshua and the children of Israel on the cusp of crossing the Jordan, going into the promised land of Canaan. And today I would begin probably one of the most significant messages I've ever given because the greatest revelation the Lord has given me for this time is the difference between planted plants and potted plants. You've heard it a million times if you've heard me once. We are living in a season where potted plants are going to have their man-made pots broken. Why? So that the God-made root, the God-made roots can touch the God-made ground for the first time. Do you remember when Moses encounters the Lord? God says, take your shoes off because you're on holy ground. When Joshua approaches the captain of the Lord's host in this very chapter we're studying today, he says, take your shoes off, Joshua. Why? because any man-made buffer between us and intimacy with him is going to be removed. Even if it's a Dr. Scholl's memory patch under your feet, it must go. God is breaking the pots of human ingenuity and limitation that have bound our roots and we have been unable to bear fruit. Oh, potted plants can be pretty, but they're high maintenance. They don't bear fruit. And we're going to look at eight facts about potted plants today. And we're going to do the first installment of this series because beloved, beloved, we are living in a time we need the spirit of Issachar. We need to be able to interpret the signs of the times appropriately. Don't let a fool interpret reality for you. You need the spirit of God to show you what God is doing in the world right now. I know what the devil's doing. I'm not interested in that. We've all seen what he can do. We've all seen what we can do. I want to see what the Lord can do. And what I see now is the son of God is graciously coming through the land with his hammer. And he's going to mercifully give us a breakdown on the threshold before we get the breakthrough. Now, I know right now in your life you can't tell if it's a breakthrough or a breakdown. It would <laughs> be hard to interpret. 
But the Lord, what is he doing right now? He is mercifully answering our prayers by breaking the pots that have contained our God-made roots so that they can finally, oh, it may be an earthenware pot. Well, you know, the soil and the, uh, is used to make the vessel. We're going to find out today potted plants are only temporary dwelling places. Oh, potted plants go everywhere, but they don't grow anywhere. They don't bear fruit. They're high maintenance. And whew, I don't want to preach too quick, but let me. that's where we're going. He's breaking the pots. He's breaking the restrictions. This is a negative word. Oh, no, it's total liberation. It's like somebody saying, I'm breaking over. I'm warning you, I'm breaking your prison cell open. And no one left behind, I'm coming to get you. This is a good breaking. But if you don't know how to interpret the, the breaking of pot sounds you're hearing in the culture right now, you'll misread everything that's going on. It's good. God himself is answering your heart, which is better than answering our misguided prayers. <laughs> Remember in Revelation it says their prayers are mixed with odors in order to make them acceptable to God. Those are all my prayers. God has to spice up and fix all my prayers because I would always ask for the wrong thing at the wrong time, in the wrong way. But he answers my heart, which is, God, bring me liberty. God, let me fulfill my purpose for my generation. God, and that involves the breaking of the pots that are encasing the roots presently. Egypt was a pot. that bore God's people for hundreds of years. Then God broke that pot, opened the Red Sea, and then the wilderness was a pot of circularity for 40 years. They're not in Egypt, thank God. That pot is gone, but they were in a new one for 40 years. Remember? And the only two guys that didn't sin in order to get into that circularity were Caleb and Joshua. They were the only two guys eating manna and thanking God and seeing the significance of it. Beloved, God, we, we a few weeks ago taught on circumcision. God is rolling away any covers that would block our intimacy. We talked about sheep shearing, that when you shear a lamb, the first thing that happens is they lose their identity in the flock. They don't know where they fit anymore. They're cold. They're sensitive to things they've never felt before. They need the warmth of the body of the shepherd himself in a way that is intimacy beyond what they've known with their wool coats. The Lord's circumcising our hearts. He's cutting away. He's shearing. Oh, it's good news. And today, another metaphor you might remember. He's breaking your pot with a hammer. Not my pot, Lord. My beautiful earthenware pot made of the dust of the earth. Excuse me. Well, they have a lot in common, but... Oh, <laughs> do we trust him to know what to break? Amen. He, see, Christ is never going to harm you. He, he, he is only shooting to heal. You know, he's the guy that can shoot your handcuffs off. You know, and it is a little scary. You know, it's like, what the heck is that? But he never, you know, goes, oops. You know, oh, I blew his head off. Gee, I didn't mean to do that. He knows what to break, where to break, and he knows exactly how to remove any strictures and limits that have been choking our life. But did you know something about potted plants? They get addicted to their pot because they're in control. They feel at home. 
Ever felt secure in abject bondage? I control it. At least I, I control what I drink. I control what I eat. Nobody else does. It's my, it's this, I am in control of this stricture and limitation that is actually choking my destiny off at root level. Oops. Well, Craig, you went too far. Maybe you're talking about you. No, anything that we've known forever that has been comfortable to us and under our control, we might hear a little pot cracking. Now, your, your homework this week, you need to go get a pot, get a hammer, go in the backyard and see what it sounds like. You can be in control of the breaking of your own tiny little pot, right? We could do a devotional thing. Imagine all your weaknesses and pound them to death. Well, we'll do something. We'll nail it to the cross or something like that. The sound of pots breaking right now is, is liberating because Egypt was a pot and God delivered them from that one. But still, they were 40 years in the wilderness. That was a pot of wandering, you know, just different. But Caleb and Joshua were the only two positive guys that whole time. And you know what they ate for 40 years? Manna. It was mysterious. And we need to be able to digest mystery right now in our lives. You can't know everything about everything. Embrace mystery. It was miraculous. It came from God. It, would, it didn't come from the, the bobo plant. You know. Actually, there's a little plant that puts out little bread like, no, 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 no. This was a mysterious. It was miraculous. It came from God. And 81 square miles covered every day. But manna was survival food. It was never intended to be the corn of the land. Look at our text. Look at our text today, Joshua 5, 10 through 12. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, the corn of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but the year they ate the produce of Canaan. Did you know that manna was good, but it was survival food. And pot, pots are good, but they only sustain roots in a limited capacity because they're never meant to be forever. You know, there are manna friendships, there are manna marriages, there are manna churches, there are manna relationships, there are manna jobs that are temporary by definition because manna is survival food. Manna had no seed in itself. You, you, you got six pints a day, and if you kept it one day over what you should, worms would grow. You couldn't keep it. You couldn't save it. I remember in the 19th century, there were all these books like the religious genius of the Jews. God did not pick his people because they're smart. He picked, they tried to can the manna, for heaven's sakes. You know, well, they were religious genius. No, they weren't religious. They were religious idiots like we are. And God gets all the glory. But man is a survival food. It doesn't have seed in and of itself. That means you can't plant it. You notice everything is above ground. Altars are made of stone. They're on the ground. Manna fell on the ground. Even uh, two weeks ago, we were looking at circumcision in Joshua 5, 3, and we arrived at Gibeat Haralot. What's that mean? That's a fancy way of saying the mountain of the foreskins. 
every one of the men that were born in the wilderness had not been circumcised and had never eaten the Passover, and, and they had to have a circumcision meeting where now you have all the men of war laid out in absolute agony and utter dependence in the, in the presence of the enemy. Looking down from Jericho, the devil's going, oh, you just served up a platter of weakness and devastation. We ought to go down right now. But you know what? God protected them. And he's protected you in the midst of your vulnerability. But notice, even the hill of the foreskins was above ground. And, 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 and notice the tabernacle was on the ground. The temple was on the ground. The only two things that are said to be underground are wells and living plants, living trees. Isaiah 37, 31 said, The remnant will return and they will take root downward and bear fruit upward. Did you know right now, God is allowing our roots for the first time to get out of their pots and the God-made roots are going to touch the God-made ground and we are going to shift from survival food, survival provision, survival thinking, survival, the manna mentality. You know, <gasps> thank you, God. Do you know when they were in Egypt what they were addicted to? Straw. Remember they were making bricks? And Pharaoh said, oh, Moses is such a big deal. Well, why don't you go and glean all night for your straw and not one less brick in the tally? We were giving you straw. Now, they begged for straw in Egypt. Straw, please, God. Can I have two pieces of straw? <laughs> please. Right? They're addicted to straw. That's all they, just give me my daily straw. Give us this day our daily straw. And then God broke them out of the straw mentality, and they get into the wilderness, and now it's manna. It's a manna mentality. Give us our manna every day, please. They had central eating, central eating, central air conditioning. Clothes didn't wear out. Shoes didn't wear out. Manna covering 81 miles a day, and yet it was only for potted plants. Hmm. Let's look at eight facts about potted plants. And by the way, i got to give uh, attention to Daniel Chu because he's my little sermon buddy in this. Daniel is an expert in all things that have roots downward and bear fruit upward. All right? So when I need to call somebody, I call Daniel. I said, Daniel, this potted plant, planted plant thing is my whole theme in life. And, of course, Daniel just sent off eight points. Are you ready? give Daniel the credit for anything that works. I am responsible for any heresy that results. First fact about potted plants, potted plants are entirely dependent on an external source for nourishment. All the water, all the fertilizer, everything has to be added daily. So the plant is essentially on life support at all times. When you see a potted plant, and it may be in Beverly Hills, and the pot may be as big as a thousand oaks mall, but no, it's on survival mode. It's on survival mode all the time. It's manna mentality. It's manna provision. It's only alive because someone is introducing the fertilizer and the water and everything. And guess what? If that external source stops, everything in the pot dies. But they look so good. Ooh, look at her pot. Hmm. Look at his pot. Wow. I don't care if there are diamonds on the pot. The roots are going to die if they stay in the pot. 
Now, I'm not saying God can't. Uh, Daniel told me that sometimes fig trees, in order to save them, they'll put them in a pot in order to take their roots to a healthy area if the ground's too cold or, you know, just, but they can only, it's only a transportation. You don't live in an elevator. You go in and you come out of an elevator. You don't live in an ambulance if you call 911. I'd like to pay 500 a month and just live here from now. No, it's a liminal space. You, you enter it to leave it, like an elevator or an airplane or a car or anything like that. And so pots, does God use them? Yeah, they're earthenware. They've got a little bit in common to the ground. It's an earthenware pot made in Israel. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Only temporary manna. The Lord is going to change. Notice, as they cross over the threshold for the first time in their lives, they eat the corn of the land. What does that mean? They ate something that was planted, rooted downward, and bore fruit upward. And as soon as they had their first Passover in their lifetime, eating the corn of the land, the manna stopped within 24 hours. Can you imagine that next morning? You know, where's the central air conditioning? Where's the central heating? Someone you know said that. My, my people are all related to me, no doubt. Way back, great great grandpappy poop deck Johnson would have said, It's cold. Hang, where's the heat? <laughs> My shoes are wearing out. <laughs> Someone noticed, I'm sure, but God wasn't punishing them by removing the manna, He was breaking their pots because potted plants first are dependent on an external source for nourishment, second, potted plants become root bound. Potted plants develop a circular root system. A root-bound plant cannot effectively absorb nutrients or water, even from a nutrient-rich environment. If the non-functional roots are not trimmed and the roots are not planted, the plant will die. The whole time you're in a pot, you're dying. The roots are becoming root-bound, clumpy, weird. They can't even absorb. If you, if you put it at a certain... If the roots get so bound, you, you, you even if you take it out of the pot, it's... It can't absorb anything anymore. Do you see this? But potted plants, that's the whole religious world. You can get 50,000 potted plants and put them in a, in a stadium at Wembley. What's happening? Nothing. Five hours later, it's going to be empty. And, but, and, and here, here's my favorite point. You can even bury a potted plant under the ground three feet we're from a distance. Come on, that's a planted plant. No, it's not. If you ever think that you ran into a planted plant and it's just a pot, just go down deep looking for shrapnel. <laughs> you just put your pool cue under the ground and you hit a pot. I knew there was a pot. I knew. You can even bury a potted plant and it's still a potted plant, all right? Appreciate pasture. I know it's deep. I'm not root bound. Third, a potted plant is only as stable as its pot. Oh. Even attempts to grow fruit can be dangerous if there's no foundation to ground them. Have you ever heard of gifts without character? Don't let your gifts take you where your character can't keep you. Promotion without integrity. Did you know God is the God of the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit? And he always puts an anchor with his boats. It's not all or nothing. It's both and. But potted plants, they can't, they can't bear fruit that would happen because they're, they're, they're just going to fall all over the place. 
Where did that potted plant go? Oh, it just fell down four flights of stairs. Do you see? There's something. Now, you're never going to see a potted plant the same the rest of your life. As you leave here, I want you to notice the potted plants out front of the hotel. I want you to see them. As big as the pots are, they need to be broken because there is death in the pot. Oh, man of God, there is death in the pot. There's circularity of roots. And you go, yeah, but it looks so healthy. And, and look at it. Yeah, well, they are high maintenance. They're very pretty. And they have their nails done. And everything looks fantastic. Praise God. Hey, we're in Westlake. I know the surgeon that does all the ladies in Westlake. They all look the same. Hi, how you doing? Good to see you. And they're all at the Natural Cafe. And you just go, oh, it's uh, Dr. Schwartz. Yeah. So... <laughs> Now you may have a pretty pot. I'm just joking with you. But a pot, by definition, has to be broken eventually for the roots to get for the first time. Did you know I noticed this week? Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Ever thought of that? What does that mean? He has no roots this is not his earth. This earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and we, our corporate head Adam, have authority over this earth. He has no roots. He hovers in air. He hovers like a creature with root-appearing uh, extremities, but he can, he can only be a squatter. He can't ever root. He, he tries to find hosts, willing vessels that will open up to him, and for a moment he can, like, embody them, but he has no roots that, that go in the ground and stay in the ground. That's why, have you noticed, sacred places, the devils always try to swarm around a holy place in order to swarm it, but they're squatters. They're, they're potted plants. They have no roots. Now, I'm not saying the devil doesn't have power, but I am saying he does not have the power he tells you he has, because if he did, you would be dead from the womb. How are you still walking around if he's so powerful? Ever think of that? He's the prince of the power of the air. He has influence, but he can never root anywhere. That's why, but notice he swarms around holy ground. Notice this. When Caleb takes Hebron, it's got the demon-possessed giants in it. Why are demonic powers uh, uh, attracted to Bethel? It used to be called Luz. It was a Canaanite uh, uh, trysting ground. That's where they used to have sex with all the prostitutes. The very place that becomes the Temple Mount. The threshing floor of Aruna is where the Canaanites are having all their orgies. And, all that. and you're like, going, oh my God, this is disgusting. No, but the temple is going to be built after God runs the squatters off. Do you know he's running off squatters because squatters have no roots in themselves and they cannot stay. The devil loves to hang around people, places, and things that God marks as holy because they think, you know, it's like being around a celebrity. If we can just be around a celebrity, maybe we're somebody. Maybe we can get a selfie, make people think that we hang together. I was with them the other day, Madonna, and uh, we just had a wonderful lunch. You have a selfie, you fool. We all have selfies with Madonna. <laughs> you know, um, Madonna, uh, we, we, people like to bask in the glory of a famous person or demon, in the case of demons, holy places. They think by putting 20,000 potted plants in Hebron, they've got authority over Hebron. Oh, no, no, no. Caleb came and said, get out! And they all flip. He's, he's the devil, but he's the prince of the power of the air. He has no roots. And don't give him a root in your life. Nothing. Cut him off. Cut his roots off in Jesus' name.
Say, get out of my mind. Hey, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. You don't have to just focus. I told a story the other day I saw of a man's with his wife at the mall, and this little pretty young 19-year-old goes by, and the, and the husband just locks in, right? And the wife says, I hope you enjoyed that for the trouble that you're in. <laughs> Is it really worth it? Count the cost, the Bible says. <laughs> are you willing to pay the price for the trouble that you are in right now? You get that look. What, what, what? What are you talking about? I didn't notice her. No, no, of course not. He quit the preaching and going to meddling. All right, all right. Now notice, you know one thing I noticed? Abraham had to circumcise himself. That's a rough gig. Hello. But you know what the Bible says? It says after he circumcised himself that he recovered under the sacred tree. Whenever you see Abraham, he's building altars. He's pitching a tent. He's digging wells. And he's around trees. Altars don't have roots. Wells, as much as they go underground, don't have roots. Trees. Remember? Remember, he sees the signal of the triune God, the three people coming to him. The one is addressed as Jehovah like 20 times in person. It says he brought them and hosted them under the trees. He made a feast of intimacy with God Almighty under the trees. Why? Because this guy knew the value of trees. Remember, he's in Beersheba, Genesis 21. He's about ready to leave the area, and it says he plants a terebinth tree. He plants a tree that takes 400 years to grow so that when he won't never eat of it or benefit from its air conditioning, but in 400 years, when they come back, what he built was a legacy that took root downward and bore fruit upward. Is God deepening your roots? Is he letting your God-made roots for the first time get out of the broken pot? That's where you are right now in your life. That's why you're still alive. That's what will interpret your reality right now. You know, my pot's bigger than theirs. <laughs> Can you believe those dinky little pots at that church over there? God, jeez. Learn how to make a pot. Comparing pots. How you doing? It's a beautiful pot you got there. Ew, I don't care if it's little or big. <laughs> the roots are in a circle. <laughs> you're dying while you're potted. Man is only temporary survival food. And as long as they ate manna, they were on the wrong side of the Jordan. They were on the east side. As long as they ate manna, they were in circularity, going in a circle in the wilderness. As long as they ate manna, they, manna never took down a giant, never took down a city, never took down a stronghold because manna is survival food. And God said, the first thing I'm going to do on the threshold is break your pots so that I can plant your roots so that the first fruit of your life can emerge. You know, it remember Jack and the Beanstalk, right? You plant the, the thing fell into the ground and all it's 150 feet in the air. You know, we go, well, that's a cartoon. That's a, you know what? It's Jack and the Beanstalk time for your life. God is not crazy, but he is miraculous. He can wait your whole life for you to bear fruit until he breaks the pot, your roots kiss the ground, the God-made roots hit the God-made ground. 
take your shoes off. We see that as a negative, you know. Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. What's your problem? It's not negative. <laughs> we read everything as negative. Are you going to break my pot? Well, just try. It's like, uh, wait a minute. I, uh, it's someone chasing you down you think is a serial murderer, and you finally yield and wait for the knife, and they hand you the winning lottery ticket. Say, you dropped this. Just one. It's like, <laughs> Don't misread this season. It's Jesus with a hammer. It's not negative for you. Remember last week in Deuteronomy? He is destroying the roots below and the fruits above of the wicked. He's rooting out and mowing down the ungodly that are making the wrong choices. It's like, well, how rude? No, 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 it isn't because he is going to let you take root downward for the first time in your life so you can bear fruit upward. And you know, the Lord told me this the other week, and I'm repeating myself because that repetition is the mother of learning. My kids go, repetition is the mother of learning. Oh, my God. I said, but you're going to be saying that to your grandchildren. <laughs> you're going to be quoting Daddy 24 hours a day because he has brainwashed you. But they're, they're, the Lord, I was at a traffic light the other night, and he, he said, you know, Craig, all your ministry life, if you want to see the fruit of it, you have to look underground. Because your root system is intertwined with root systems all over the place. But you keep making the mistake of looking for fruit above ground, and I've been doing all my work in and through you underground, and your roots are 50 years going east, west, south, down, sideways, lateral moves, horizontal moves. A hundred miles away, I'm connected to other places. And yet, if you look above the ground, excuse me, is there any fruit above ground in this little plot over here? I'm sorry, no. Go to Whole Foods. You can buy a little bag of blueberries and wave it as a wave offering. You know. Do you see the category mistake? I have been judging myself by the wrong standard. He's judging me by what's underground. I'm judging me by everybody else that has a huge pot, a mega pot. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our mega pot. Sure, it's still a pot. And if it's a pot, it's going to be broken. Breakdown on the threshold in a of message. My daughter came up with that. My baby, she learned she got her driver's license this week. My little baby driver, she's out. Thank you, Jesus. She's out driving around with the mercy of God. So next, ready for the next one? Okay, here we go. Potted plants can never enjoy the help and resources that come only from rooted relationships with other plants. Do you see that? As long as you're in the pot, your roots aren't out. And if your roots aren't out, they're not planted. And the God-made roots that aren't in the God-made ground can't cross-pollinate with anyone or anything. You can't even get the nutrients from a nutrient-rich area because you have no root relationships. There's a person I know. They don't have any friends, ever. And it's usually like, why don't I have any friends? You know, it's like, it's a mystery. I don't know. Mystery like the man. Mystery. There's no mystery to your history. If you won't get out of a pot, you can't have rooted relationships. I wish I had deeper relationships than these shallow hookups. Get out of the pot. No, I don't want to hear that. No, no. It hurts my feelings when you tell me you're going to break my pot. <laughs> Sorry. It's a blessing. We keep reading everything wrong. 
My brother and I were talking today about, you know, I always say, are you looking through your glasses or at your glasses? Are you looking through your life? I'm looking at your life. But we, I always say that negative. And, and, and he's telling me, he says, well, Craig, I can also see you better than you can see yourself in a positive way. I can see your talents, gifts, and abilities and appreciate them. We always frame it negatively. Breaking the pot is not negative. Manna ceasing is not negative because it means that you're coming into stability for the first time. And remember, the generation born in the wilderness, they were an average of 58 to 61 years of age. They weren't young bucks. The majority were under 40, yes, but all the rest were my age. The whole apparent failure to launch age group. It's just like, you know, I just never, you know, I was going to be a star, but I, I just quit singing. On, you know, yeah, and you look at your life and, you know, you have rich uh, family or something, you know, that are a billionaire. And you look at you and you sort of go, I think I'm about a sleek 63. Sup? How's it going? Thank God for these sweaters, man. I'm rocking this sweater look. He's wearing the same thing every week. Yeah, because I have some control over covering Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, Craig, because you're about to burst forth in the right hand and the left. I have a verse for everything. Everything. And thank God for these sweaters. Amen. I went looking for this today, and I thought, you know how bloody hot it is out today. I said, doesn't matter. I'm going to wear my tent. And I wish we could have that Saudi Arabian. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine if we could just wear caftans? I was never so amazed when I went to Egypt once, and I saw, I thought, how simple if we could just throw on, go to, you know, Sophie the washwoman and just grab Omar the tent maker, anyone to just cover me and I'll put a little knife. That's my accessory. You know, you know, that knife's worth about $100,000. That, you know, you have to dress the outfit up subtly. Okay, so if you're in a pot, you'll never enjoy the help and resources of others. So when you say I don't have friends, when you say I'm isolated, it's because you live in a pot, sweetheart. And some churches are pots, okay? They, they are a temporary place for your roots to be cared for while you are being moved by God into the God-made ground. But you're going to hear the breaking, the breakdown on the threshold. It's good news. It's like imagining your handcuffs being broken after years of bondage. That's a good clash. That's not a bad sound effect that tells you the devil's coming. That's God going, let me give you some really smashing sound effects, honey. The next little while, it's me setting you free. It's me giving you all the freedom you ever wished you had. And it's me putting you in ground where you can finally relate to the people you've never met in your life. Did you know there are people out there that really love you, that are cool, that you would relate to, if you could meet them? Well, I stay locked in the basement of my bunker made after Hitler's bunker, you know, and I never go out because, you know, I mean, my whole life is, is a pot that you control and you're secure in, and it's made of earth. It's earthenware. Don't judge my pot. This is not a gold pot. I use only the finest earth. <laughs> Boy, the devil is just all his counterfeits are just, it's an earthenware vessel, and, and it's made in the Holy Land, and Christians sell it. So put your roots in our pot, please. We won't hurt them. <laughs> no. I don't care what the pot is. I'm moving on. Potted plants, listen, the next one, potted plants can never positively influence their environment. They don't bear fruit. They, they're pretty, but they're high maintenance. You can put a bunch of them together and call it a conference, but nothing's happening because they're all above ground. 
right? And you know, they go everywhere. They don't grow anywhere. They go everywhere. A potted plant can be in New Jersey in the morning, and it can be in Israel on an airplane. It can wake up in another part of the universe. And that may sound impressive. Well, I love to travel, Craig. No, 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 no. You don't want to be a potted plant in this season coming up. Um, I have a dear friend who God has used as a potted plant through pretty much all of her life. I mean, God has intended her to get on planes and go everywhere. But I said, you know what? You're coming into a season where the Lord isn't going to have you go there anymore. He's going to have you grow there from now on. Boy, that's a slow. I mean, if you want a pencil, you go get it. But what if you had to grow all the way to the table <laughs> to get the pencil? You say, well, Craig, that we're, we're on too much caffeine to be able to wait that long. Well, you know what? It's not time to go everywhere right now. You know, I, I told a friend of mine recently, I said, it's really important to be where you're supposed to be and not be where you're not supposed to be in this season. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been at the wrong place at the wrong time and something happened and you knew not to go? My secretary, Betty O'Neill, of 31 years, bless her heart, the Holy Spirit would say, go, don't go to church on the way tonight. And Betty would go, get out, get behind me, Satan. God would never tell me not to go to church. Betty, stay home tonight and just read the Bible. I'm not going to read no Bible at home tonight. So she gets in the car, car breaks down, three tires blow, middle of the night, she's in wearing dark clothing in the darkness with weird cars pulling up. You know, and Ted Bundy-like characters coming, you need some help. It was a nightmare. She barely got out alive. And I said, Betty, try to listen to that little ticky voice next time. Right? <laughs> and she'd say, oh, wait till you hear this story. One story, she was told not to go somewhere, and she thought, well, that again, God wouldn't tell me not to go to a Christian meeting. So she, her car breaks down in front of a house, and she goes up in front of the house and knocks at the door. And a wind blew up and blew her out of her shoes off the balcony into the bushes, and the guy answers the door knock, and there's a pair of shoes. <laughs> and he's thinking, what the heck's going on? Betty's like, hold on. You know? <laughs> Stay home when you hear that voice. You know, I just didn't feel comfortable about Stay home home. It's important right now not to be where you shouldn't be because God's crushing some pots and you don't want to be in somebody else's pot. When... Ooh, ooh. Look, I got enough just to let God break my pots off my roots. I don't need to be in your pot. Hey, we're going to a pot meeting tonight. All right. We're going to have 600 pots in one room that are all going to be broken with simultaneity. Jesus knows what he's doing right now. Okay. What's that horrible pain? Your pot is leaving. Isn't it funny when you actually get healthy, you feel odd? Like when roots are finally out of a potted plant, they like, oh, what is this? Well, that's a weird feeling called liberty, freedom to become whatever God wants you to be. It's like, no, no, where's my security? Where's my control? Well, that has to be surrendered to Jesus right now. You've heard it. Let go and let God. Well, when it involves the breaking of a pot, that's a little harder to, you know. Hey, I let go. I let God already. No, we can see you're in the pot. <laughs> Dennis is going to have to, like, frisk people and check for pots. I'm so sorry you're not allowed in here right now. But God sent me. No, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We have a hammer, and we have a prayer 
pot-breaking group right over here. You need to go and see them before you're allowed in. Amen. Do you want everyone planted in your ground? No. You don't need poisonous weeds planted in your ground right now in your life. Hey, Lord, could I just hook up with some more unhealthy people that could bring demons into my life? Um, no. Not now. This is a strategic time. It matters what pot you're in and whose pot. I now pronounce you pot and pot. You may kiss the pot. <laughs> it's like, don't marry a pot. You know, I thought we had a lot in common. How long did you know her? 20 seconds? Oh, okay. Such a mystery. Such a mystery. <laughs> As you look back in your life, do you see how everything makes sense? There is no mystery at all. You just go, oh, my God, I shot myself in the foot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I allowed someone to surgically remove me from this pot and replant me in another pot that was much bigger and more attractive. Who talked you into that? A Christian on, on the telephone. Hi, how you doing? My name's Hal, and the Lord has a plan for your life. Leave that pot. Come to this pot. We call them church hoppers, pot hoppers, right? There's a breakthrough. There's a, there's a split at the church down the street, and we saw 20 new people, and we thought, it's a move of God. Should I declare it a kairos? And actually, it was just another church split where they hated him, and in six months, they're going to hate me. I don't want potted plants coming from a church split. And Dennis has to catch him at the door with his hammer. So we need to buy Dennis a special hammer that everybody, only us folk will understand what it is. All right. Next, potted plants are sensitive to adverse environmental conditions. That means excessive heat and the roots are destroyed. Excessive cold, the roots are destroyed. Excessive water, the roots will rot. They're hypersensitive. You know what I mean? If you don't just do it, just right, you kill whatever's in the pot. We have people that have ministries that we could call them pot killers internationally. You know, they put people in bigger pots, they seduce them into joining their potted church, and it's like, you know what, honey, whether your pot's little or big right now, it's being broken on the threshold, and that's good news, because you've been praying for fruit your whole life. You've been praying for fruitfulness. You've been praying. The devil reminds you of your past. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Because we are, we are coming out of our strictures and our limitations. For the first time, it's going to feel a little weird. You know, it's like when your leg goes to sleep. Remember that? Oh, geez, I woke up the other night. And I had like laid with my ample girth on my right arm. And I woke up to go to the bathroom. And my right arm was like, what? <laughs> I, I'm like going, whoa, whoa, Auschwitz arm. You know, it's like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, how long was I? That arm, like the arm the whole night was saying, could you please just, I don't know, move, maybe just, hey, psh, psh, thank God for the bladder. I woke up when I did. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom going, oh, Lord, please don't let this be permanent. You know, I'm slapping into my antiquities in my room. I'm knocking over <laughs> all my latest acquisitions <laughs> with my weird arm. But you know what? It started, the blood started coming back and it started feeling normal, and then I got all cocky again. <laughs> you know, you're desperate when you're wounded. It's like, Jesus, please, please, God, don't let me go blind. And then you can see, and you go, ah, whatever. So I went right back to bed and just laid on the same arm. <laughs> Things may feel weird, even if they're coming to life, was my point. 
<laughs> didn't make it right. Gretchen, why didn't you interrupt at some point in there? <laughs> the last pot. Potted plants go everywhere, but they grow nowhere. They're easily moved, and they look deceptive in groups. And there's just something about the fact that you can plant them, and they look for a moment like planted plants. You know, the early church, people, people say, well, you know, how come the church needed councils? And how come they had to hammer out doctrine and the Trinity and the deity of Christ? Because do, do you wear your license on your forehead? Do you wear your driver's license on your forehead? I hope not. You only pull it out if your identity is threatened. Then you show who you are. The church had no need to initially defend the, the fundamental doctrines of the church because everybody believed them. And then heretics came along. We call them heretics. Folks come along that say, oh, no, that's not true. Jesus is just a glorified angel. He is not really God incarnate in human. Whoa, whoa, now they got to pull the license out. Now they got to hammer out the creeds. Now they got to say, excuse me, this is what we've always believed, but we didn't need to show the license before. Now we do. Has anyone ever put you in a position where you had to show your license spiritually? You had to show them, I know the Lord. I know his word. I know. Well, no one questioned you before. And then someone, a cultist comes along and says, yeah, you know you believe the faults. But I remember Dana Carvey said, what would you have to believe to make a Scientologist say, no, that's crazy. <laughs> She's alive, thank God, the coffee. Thank God and Greyhound, you're gone. All right, but we are, <laughs> we are dealing with the potted plant dimension, beloved. And, and, and look again. The, it's the end of manna. There's no more survival food. God is breaking our sense of fruitfulness in the past. We've been addicted, and we've even been in control of how much our roots can bear fruit. You know, there are, remember those little baby plants you see when you're coming back from Malibu? They, they, from, they, they tinker with the roots. They tie off their roots so that they are little cactuses, the little ones. I can't remember what they're called. But they do that to the roots to make them little baby plants. It's like, Mommy, can I have a little baby plant? Sure. You know, they're only 10 bucks, right? But you don't want to be that in the spirit <laughs> where your roots have been choked off intentionally by the group you're hanging out with so that you can only be, you know, a little baby for Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm a little cactus for Jesus. It's like, I think you glorified Jesus by letting your roots that are God-made hit the God-made ground. That's what I think is the perfect will. What is the will of God for my life? That you cease being a planted, potted plant. You become a planted plant. That's next week. Because when you see the roots that were put down as soon as they entered Canaan, it's staggering. You can view the whole Bible through this potted plant, planted plant analogy. The whole, all of Scripture. Like we talked about liminal space being in between. The whole Bible is an in-between book. They're in Egypt, they leave Egypt, they wander for 30, and then they're in the promised land. It's always a transitional reality, and this potted plant, planted plant thing is what God is doing in the earth right now. Uh, why? Practical question. Who in your life is a potted plant? Who in your life is a potted plant ministry that you've been taking life from? Because they're dead anyway, and you're taking from them. <laughs> <laughs> like Elijah the prophet. You only have one meal. Could you bring me a sandwich, please? <laughs> Sounds like a prophetic, something a ministry person would do. 
So you have one bit of oil and bread, and then you're going to die. Give me a sandwich, right? <laughs> 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 Typical evangelist, right, from, from Anaheim. But uh, <laughs> the taking root downward, bearing fruit upward, that's the image. Wherever you see Abraham, you see altars, yes, made of stone above ground. Yes, you see wells that are underground, but wells aren't alive. They channel living water, but they don't be fooled. The well is not going to grow. Remember, you, I tell you all the time, don't water a wrench garden because wrenches don't grow. But we'll water a screwdriver for 30 years. I believe the best. For the, it's a screwdriver. It's never going to bear fruit. Sorry. But all the water I wasted, we've all been thinking that for about 22 years. But I'm sincere. I'm sincerely wrong. We think uh, intentions are a test for truth. No, they aren't. The devil's sincere about thinking he's going to win. I remember the Christian comedian that said, now think of this. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at once, and the finite devil says, I can take him. I can take him. Stupid. No creature can take the Creator. And right now, the Creator is the one who's trying to break the pot so that you're free for the first time in your relational life, your friendship life, your ministry life. So, but it isn't a negative message. It isn't claiming that you're a wicked pot dweller. Every one of you filthy pot dwellers, give up now. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying good news. The spirit of Issachar says the signs of the times, he's breaking pots everywhere in order to plant the roots. That's all. That's all. And do you know most of your life might, up until now, be fruits below ground and not fruit above ground at all? Do you know how confusing it is as a young man in ministry when, and we grew up together, we know this, you're looking at fruit above ground, you're looking at churches that have 30,000 people in them for the moment, and big names, right? And limos. And airplanes. We bought three airplanes with one offering. What? <laughs> Preacher told me one. We took an offering so big here, we bought three airplanes. I said, yeah, it sounds like my ministry. We only bought one and a half airplanes, though, because we could only afford half of them. I was in a swimming pool at a huge Christian conference, and one of the guys in the pool came up and said, what kind of fuel do you use in your jet? I said, Regular. Regular. I'm in the wrong pool. <laughs> wrong pool. Pot dweller. What you need is a bigger pot. No. No. Watch what you hear, please. <coughs> you can listen to me all the time. I won't I won't kill you outright. <laughs> but you know, people hear a message from here and then they go and listen to thirty other preachers that all refute what I just said. And I'm thinking, you know, that's called a cacophony. That's not a symphony. That's, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace and all the churches. Don't go everywhere. Was that good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere? <laughs> Don't go everywhere. <laughs> Don't listen to every voice screaming at you in a cacophony. You know, well, he's a preacher. He's wearing a little uh, preacher outfit here. Well, I'm going to get one of those, too to hide my snood here. This is what Brooke used to call this bit of skin here. She goes, look, it's daddy's snood. 
<laughs> he has a thought and it moves just like that. And I'm thinking, I don't have no snoot. Yes, I've got a snoot. I need to wear the John Forsythe. What was that? Remember? He used to wear the ascot or whatever they call it, you know, and I thought, well, that looks pretty snappy. The guy was like 80. You know what I mean? How you doing? It's like, what's that on your neck? Let me know where I can get one of those. Thank you. Send them in in lieu of an offering. No, 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 no. That was a joke. All right. Speaking of offering. <laughs> Think of it. Everything's above ground. The altars, the tabernacle, the temple, the manna. It's all on the ground. But the most precious things are under your feet. The oil is under there. The gold is under there. The silver's under there. All the gems and jewels are under there. The pearls, which are the only jewel from a living thing, are all under your feet at the bottom of the water. That's where God's been working primarily in and through you. Don't misjudge. But above ground, I have like a, a little grape. Oh, you know what? Okay, Daniel like gave me all the good points of the sermon. All the rest are mine. But Daniel's an expert with strawberries. Well, I randomly have strawberries growing in a part of my backyard. I did nothing to do with it. It's sheer chaos theory, right? But you, if you pull the little green things up, it's like there were five strawberries, right? So I, oh, I picked, I was going to photograph them and send the picture to Daniel. He's like a strawberry connoisseur. You know, those, those have to be pinched 14 times before you get, you know, I'm like, okay, call Daniel for the sermon. And I pulled the straw, I grew strawberries in my, you know, and I washed them off and I put them in a container and I put them in the sink and I was ready to make my protein drink and Brooke just looks at them and goes, and throws them in the trash. I said, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Daddy's feeling a little violent. She goes, no, no. I poured the water from that nasty plant on those and I don't want you to poison yourself. I thought, I wanted my strawberries can you all relate to me now and you're 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 in lieu of my therapy you you can craig praise god i'm so sorry for your loss <laughs> i so rarely have fruit above ground i just like jumped up and did a crazy dance and look a strawberry that was thrown in the trash anyway i mean i'm over it i'm over it i'm done you saved me a lot of money folk gretchen <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> thank God the pots are being removed and maybe he'll like I want the doctor that will put me out and remove my pot we take Michael to the sedation dentist and this guy works on all the special needs people my age my size down to little infants that have to be put out All right, he's a lovely guy but we take Michael in to get his teeth cleaned and Michael will destroy the world and them and take a scalpel and they'll all be dead. It'll be like Stranger Things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we have to sedate him and we have to put him out. And he's just like, you know, and I'm like, I'm always worried. You know, I'm out there praying, oh, Lord, please don't want him to have a heart attack. And what did they give him? And how much of a dose? And, you know, uh, how much does he weigh? And I'm thinking, oh, God, uh, 108. Oh, thank God. You know, it's like, you know, I'm worried they're going to get, well, he's out like a light, and they're quick. This guy, I, I'll give you the guy's name off camera if you want. He's wonderful. But he has all the celebrities come in, all these wuss people. 
I got a handicapped kid in a chair. I get it, right? But he's got all these rich women from what, you know, that are coming for the, they want to be sedated in order to have their teeth examined. You know, you know. so maybe there's someone that can remove your pot while under, I don't know. Check in Westlake. But I don't care how it goes, let it go. It's time for, Jesus said in John 15, I've called you that you may bear fruit and that your fruit may remain. He doesn't just want you out of the pot. He wants you planted and he wants your fruit to remain. He's the God that can bring us up and can keep us up. You remember Jacob was up high place, down low place, up and down all the time. Then God eventually brought him up and kept him up for the last 17 years of his life. Joseph was up and down, up and down, but God brought him up and kept him up at a certain point for the rest of his life. And isn't it about time that our fruit emerge and remain for everyone to go, hmm, strawberries. You can come to my house for half a strawberry and that's all I have for you. I want to take authority over you judging yourself falsely. If you are not valuing who you are by what's underground and you're comparing for fruit above ground, it's a category mistake. You are going to want to die all the time, all the time, because you don't have fruit above ground that's, in your mind, attractive, worthy of notice. Father, I rebuke in the name of Jesus the enemy's attempt to assault my brother and to tell him you're going to die and to tell him you're fruitless and to tell him you're worthless and to tell him it's over, it's done, you're too old, it's too late. In the I rebuke the false devil in the name of Jesus who would speak lies against my brother in Christ. Lord, we, we plunge our sins gratefully under the blood of Jesus Christ. We confess them on them and we plunge them. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. For since by faith I saw the stream thy healing wounds supply, amazing grace shall be my theme, and twill be before until I die. Lord, we plunge our sins under the blood, and we ask you now in your mercy, Lord, to bring your hammer and to break every pot off of our roots, our roots destined for the ground, destined to, to be quickly planted like Jack and the Beanstalk. Thank you, Lord. All of our life has been growing roots, but we can be like the plant that's going to go up like Jack and the Beanstalk overnight. Overnight, Beanstalk anointing, we pray for my brother in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's been no fruit above ground, but that was Monday, and now this is Sunday, and tomorrow's a new day. And so we thank you, Lord, that you would water our root systems, that we would bear fruit immediately and fully and completely. But we want the fruit of Canaan. We want the, the, the pomegranates as big as basketballs. We want grapes like softballs. Or we want people to look at our life and go, wow, look at that fruit. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for my beloved sisters, in Jesus' name, I take authority over anything that is making them negatively compare themselves to other women, to other people, to other situations, to looking, uh, comparing themselves with other pots. Comparison is a curse because either we look better than them or they look better than us and everybody loses. So, Father, I break that spirit of comparison off your daughters in the name of Jesus that they will look contently in their, to their own life, their own root system with you, Jesus. 
and then feel the warmth and the intimacy of your warmth and their roots and, and the glory of being planted for the first time in a place where they can grow miraculously. And we ask in the name of Jesus. Can someone say amen? Can you put your hands together and say amen? I want you to break everything on the threshold. <laughs> Praise his name. And we'll use the pot shirts for something else. I don't know what. We'll find some way to recycle them, no doubt. Amen? Don't put them in the normal trash. Put them in the recycle. <laughs> oh, I'm so encouraged for you. I really am. It takes a lifetime. You know, it takes 35 years for the roots of an orange tree to be saturated enough that every crop subsequently is f sweet fruit. That means you could plow every crop under for 35 years. Really? Because you just get the look-alike fruit at best that you get it. Where do you shop to get the horrible fruit? You know, look how big the apple is. And you taste it and it's <laughs> mush. And it's like, oh, this is, this is made of plastic. God wants real fruit from his real people. But that requires not growing fruit in the pot. Well, tomatoes can survive. Everything can survive for a little while in a pot, but it isn't the same as a planted plant. Sorry, tastes different, but all we know is the fake stuff, spiritually. Did you know God wants you to become a connoisseur of sound doctrine, great preachers, where you have a, a palate that can discern between what's excellent? That was T-bone steak. That was medium rare. It was a rare cut of beef that comes from the spiritual cows in Sweden. In fact, they levitate off the ground and are fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember, and I'll leave you with this. There was a movie years ago, and I wouldn't recommend it uh, over the there. But there's a scene in the movie where they're in, they're in a room, and there are three people that are sniffing an envelope. <laughs> and they're experts, and they go a hint of amber, and the other one takes it and he goes, a hint of lavender, and they say there are two places in Europe where you can buy this fragrance, and they give the addresses, and then they get the tapes from all those, those two places, and there they find the serial killer eventually. He comes up to smell the fragrance he wants them to make for him, but they, they're connoisseurs of fragrance. There are wine connoisseurs. I don't get that. There are people that literally go... Made in a bathtub in 1963 while JFK was being shot. It's like, yes! How did you know? You know, I'm impressed with that. Dennis knows people that uh, uh, are trackers. They take you out and you look at some sand and you see nothing. But they go, there were three animals and the cougar was over there and he leaned sideways before he attacked. The, I mean, and you're going, you're making this up, right? <laughs> no. They see things you don't see. We all have different gifts and abilities, but this is a time for connoisseurs of fragrance, connoisseurs of taste, connoisseurs of ministries. Because if you know sound doctrine from false doctrine, you, you'll never eat it. You will never swallow that. It doesn't taste right. Something wrong with it. And what do you do in the fridge when you're, you're sniffing something too many times? And don't eat it. <laughs> Well, it's been there three days. Let me see. I bought that Friday, and uh, it's a little funky. You know what I mean? And you eat it anyway because you're hungry. And later you go, oh, God. <laughs> What's the matter? I know exactly what. <laughs> if it's funky, don't eat it. If you feel weird about the person, you know, I met them, and I just sort of felt like I was putting my hand in a bucket of eels. Stay away from them. <laughs> I knew it as soon as... <laughs>
All right, all right. I'll let you go now. We love you. We're here for you. We just hope that you're able to feast. This website has a thousand messages. You can just sit and loop them. And you know what? At three in the morning when you don't know what to do and you don't know what to think, you can come to drcraigjohnson.org. Just randomly pull anything up. It's not arrogance or pride. It's saying we aim here to be fresh about what we serve up. Only fresh ingredients, fresh every day. But it's something about the Word of God. It's eternal. I can hear a message I did from 1986, and it rings just as fresh today as it did then. And hopefully we can be a resource to you because it's all free. All you got to do is go on and just start anywhere. And at 3 in the morning, rather than you listening to the devil whisper in your ear, listen to God's Word, turn it on, go to sleep. We used to have a guy that went to this church that he couldn't sleep unless he put my my messages on. It was the cassette days, and he would put a 90-minute message in, and he would go to sleep like you do uh, here. Uh, just kidding. But you know what? We offer all of this to you to be nourished and to be nurtured. Amen. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you, Lord, for the freshness of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your precious lambs. Thank you, God, that we can have the spirit of Issachar and properly read the signs of the times right now, which is you are doing a wonderful thing, God. Break the pots, Lord. Break the pots in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord some praise there. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.